Joe, you recently had quite an experience, and it started with a phone call you got while you were up in your helicopter. What? Tell us about that. Well, it was a pretty bad weather day. Um, my fiance had just taken her check ride for her, her helicopter license, uh, but the weather was moving in, so we were going to go eat some soup, watch a movie, um, and got a call from a woman who was very frantic, and she um, just sounded distraught, said she got a call from her brother uh, in Waverly, Tennessee, said he was trapped on a roof with rising floodwaters, and his two daughters were with him. So immediately, you know, uh, I looked at the weather and I knew I felt guilty because I knew that there was probably no chance I could get to her. Um, so I told her I would, you know, call some people um, and call, give her a call back. Turns out she was in Pennsylvania. She just had the wherewithal to look at, for a helicopter company and call me. So immediately I felt guilt because I knew it would be easier to say no, um, but I, I didn't want to. So I called her back and said I'd at least try. So the weather was... Uh, Really horrible on the way there. I just followed Interstate 40 out. Really, really horrible. I knew there was about four major power line crossings. Had the doors off, and there was also even foam insulation coming off from the back, uh, floating around, getting in our eyes, so it made it twice as hard. But ended up getting a little lost, like a half mile, quarter mile away, and then finally found it, popped over the ridge. And, you know, I actually um, uh, prayed on the way there, and you know, as I was climbing into the helicopter. And something just told me that, like, it was going to be okay. That God was going to be with me. It was going to be okay. He's already given me the skills to complete this. And uh, so I, and because of prior training flying with the news, I wasn't really that nervous. Uh, it just felt like working, like rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. But, um, yeah, God's made some very major changes in my life. I actually was a non-believer up until about two and a half years ago. So it's been quite a ride. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stumble. I'll uh, I'll say I'll turn away from him, but not for too long. And then he always graciously accepts me back and does something else that's astounding uh, in my life. So, as you were up there uh, and you got closer, you know, to the flood zone, you know, looking down, what what were you seeing? Uh, I mean, it was it was different in different areas. The very first uh, place we entered, it was just low fog, power lines, and I wouldn't say raging, but pretty pretty uh, swift flowing, um, you know, tan water flowing all around the houses in between everything, gas stations. Uh, and I don't think we had gotten the second spot was where the houses were actually on fire. So uh, it was moving. It was deeper in some spots. It was moving more swiftly. Um, there were obviously some people on the roofs. Some people. It was that they were shallow enough where they were on the front porches. Um, and it was just, uh, but there was just, everything was chaos. There was um, cars where they shouldn't be. And you could tell that the cars, where they were, it hit them suddenly. Um, you could tell by the debris fields and how it was collecting around certain things that there's no way you could swim in that. If you got trapped up against that fence line, you were going to be part of the debris, you know. So it was gut-wrenching, but I had seen a lot of that before flying for the news. So I was well-suited for it. So you were able to, to keep your cool, even though this was a, a lot of chaos going on. So help us understand when, when you go down lower and you're going to pick someone up, tell us about one of the pickups, what it was like. Um, well, a lot of times the houses were surrounded by, you know, a set of power lines. Uh, so I, what I would do is I would just set up a steep approach and I would aim the center point of my skids down onto the crest or, you know, the top of the roof. Uh, and I would try to do it a little bit more forward than the exact center point just to give them the back door. And then, so they had something stable to climb into. And then I just balanced. You have to 
adjust power and adjust your disc to keep it level. Because um, that added weight, especially when I was, say, balancing on that uh, blue roof, I'm on one skid, and there's people climbing on board, shifting weight constantly. So you just make minor adjustments. But, yeah, I mean, and, uh, and then, of course, taking off with extra weight on board is super hard. Um, but uh, that's why I did one person at a time, and I had to do so many landings. So when someone would, but, would come into your helicopter, uh, you know, who would speak first? Did you say something, or did they say something? What, what was said? Um, you know, the very first thing as I was hovering up, I took my hand, and I said one at a time. And then, you know, obviously they were compliant. Um, and you know, a lot of times the, uh, the, the husbands were letting the wives go first as they should. Um, but not always. Um, but, uh, after that, they were pretty much silent. My, um, fiance was there and a lot of the younger girls would turn to her for comfort. Um, I think there was just kind of looks exchanged, like nobody could believe what was going on. But uh, she was there to kind of comfort everybody. And when I had to leave her uh, on the ground to take a gentleman to help get a girl out of a tree, uh, one of the people I picked up, one of the gentlemen I picked up from a roof, um, came back with me to um, get this girl he'd been talking to, yelling to, that had been stuck in a tree, uh, holding a dog that wasn't even hers for the past hour. She'd gotten separated from her friends. So she was on the ground. And when that, when we got the girl back, um, she just hugged my fiance and just, you know, cried. So... There were little words exchanged, actually. Uh, there was one guy who was very stoic. I dropped him off at a pizza place, and he literally just said, thanks for the ride, man. I said, no problem, and just kept going. Yeah. So according to uh, one report we, we had, uh, and, and you've touched on this a little bit, uh, there had been a point that you had prayed to God saying, hey, I would like my life to have more meaning. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, well, strangely enough, and I don't know why he does it with me and not everyone, and maybe it's just my perception of it, but uh, everything that I've prayed for that would um, benefit me in a positive way, nothing selfish or, or you know, anything else, he typically grants me. I, My fiance, I, uh, I, we joke that I, I literally prayed for a hard-headed woman, so uh, and I got one. So, um, But everything, with the business, with everything, there's been about three or four major things, maybe even five major things that he's kind of just given me so that the week prior, uh, I kept asking for, um, and I'm kind of got a manager for the business. So I'm not really doing much. I'm trying to figure out where to put my time and energy. And my fiance was always talking about what, what do I have a passion for in life? And it's obviously God. Um, but I was asking, you know, for something to do with, you know, my, my work. I mean, my daughter and my fiance give me tons of meaning, but you know, with the, the tour operation, I love giving tours. Um, but since I'm stepping back, it's just more of a, I don't know, income. So um, anyhow, he, he used all the skill he'd given me and um, opportunity. I kind of uh, thought of the, the woman from Pennsylvania that called me as um, God leading the, the ram, like uh, my pastor was saying, like leaf, or, you know, blade of grass by blade of grass up to the mountaintop. Um, but uh, so he, he just affects the world in, in so many ways. She thought of helicopters. I happened to be the first one, and I was just well-suited for the job and, and needed something that was, you know, going to give my life that little extra bit of meaning and a little extra bit of faith because, you know, it's, it's pretty apparent to me. Joel, tell us about your company. Uh, what do you do? Um, so Hellastar Aviation, I worked for them for 10 years, bought them two years ago. Coronavirus is pretty rough, but we made it. Um, we do tours of downtown. Uh, that's just flynash.com. 
but then we also do a whole school side. Uh, we uh, get, get people their helicopter license, uh, do aerial photography, skydiving, powerline patrol, wedding charters. Um, yeah, pretty much a little bit of everything. It sounds like you love flying. Uh, I do. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, very freeing. So, and it it just allows your your mind and ha- like hand eye coordination to all kind of connect. Like it's an extension of your being, probably much like a uh, guitar. But you know, it's very enjoyable. It's a pretty high flying guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joel, I sure appreciate you you sharing your heart with us. Thank you very much. No, no problem. Thank you for the time.